0: This episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Now more than ever, we have an opportunity to be a positive force in the world, to help heal the divide, to treat each other and ourselves with respect. But with so many tools out there, from meditation to physical training, proper nutrition, therapy, and so many others, we all need a little help navigating all the options. Join us as we share in-depth information, insights, and thought-provoking discussions that will help answer your questions about how to stay calm, cool, and connected during these times. Welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected, your guidebook to peace of mind. Hello and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. I'm your host, Dr. Elizabeth Bedrick. The definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficult situations or the ability of a substance or an object to spring back into shape. Resilience is crucial when it comes to facing adversity because in the midst of these trying times, it's really easy to start feeling hopeless and helpless. But when we recognize that we as humans have the ability to not only recover, but to actually become better through this adversity, we can really start to develop the hope and courage that we need to get through these times. So here with us today is Cody Burns. Cody's here to share with us his story on resilience and also provide some insights onto how we can remain hopeful in the face of adversity. So hi, Cody, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. So you have quite the story of resilience. You have been through it in a lot of ways. And I'd really like to start with, let's talk about that. Give us a little bit of your background on that.
1: Yeah, so growing up in Southern Indiana, I now live here in Tampa, Florida, grew up with an amazing family and a wild imagination. I also was very unique in the fact that I grew up in a church, but I fell in love with speaking at a very young age. And that all stemmed from me also falling in love with entertaining. And so I did a lot of comedy and juggling and that interest came about whenever I went to a children's camp as a little boy, I seen this speaker up on the platform doing these things. And I seen how all my peers were being inspired and it also touched me. And I was like, you know that's what I want to do with my life. And so I want to bring hope to others by using these things. And so all through my young years, I pursued just that. And then after I graduated high school, I got my pastoral credentials. I was a children's pastor speaking to children weekly. And then I started doing a lot of stuff internationally, speaking at conferences, camps, and then also venturing out and doing a lot of adults or, or speaking to a lot of adults and teenagers as well. And so I had a blast. But then in 2013, my life would take a Turn for, some would say the worst, but I now say the better.
0: And this is really where your story of resilience comes in. So it sounds like you, I mean, you were really doing well. You were really following your passion, doing what you loved. And then what happened in 2013?
1: Yeah. So in 2013, active in doing ministry work at my church and like I said, traveling the country, just got back from doing mission work in Cuba. Life was going great. Living a life on purpose, giving hope to others. And then it was a Friday afternoon. I was driving back to my church office where I was stopped at a red light on the highway and at this red light, all I can say is everything went black almost as if I didn't exist. And so everything that I share in my story is strictly from witnesses, police reports, and first responders. But what I am told is I was rear-ended by a refrigerator box truck that did not stop at this red light. On impact of the box truck hitting my Dodge Durango, my vehicle blew up into flames. I was pushed through and into an, into an embankment. And when the first responders came to the scene, just by the looks of it, they said it's a fatality. There's no way anybody could survive this. For those that may be interested, there are images online that the sheriff's department took. And so there I was, the uh, first responders, they had uncalled the coroner, but somehow or another, they saw my hand move. And they instantly began yeah. to change their plans.
0: Wow. And so you were then obviously rushed to the emergency room. And what did recovery look like from there? Yeah,
1: yeah well, it was a long haul. They actually life flighted me to the burn unit in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I was put into a coma on full life support for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had goodness. severe burn injuries. My face had second degree burns. And then the majority had third and fourth degree I never knew, I never knew there was such a thing, but it burns through all your fat cells down to bone and muscle. And in some cases it requires amputation. I had broken vertebrae, torn ligaments. I had a blood infection in the, in the unit, a lot of hurdles. I was in the burn unit for a total of two and a half months. And then I had to go to a rehab center. I had to relearn to walk. I relearn to use my hands, all the basics, many surgeries. And it took me a non, I would say good two years after getting out of in-state rehab of nonstop outpatient physical and occupational therapy, just to get to a point in my life where I could say, you know what? I am self-sufficient.
0: What was your mental health like during that time? I mean, was that I'm sure there was times when it felt so defeating, so demoralizing. How did you stay hopeful? How did how did you get through that?
1: Yeah, well, and that's it's a great question. And that is I I contribute uh, a lot to my family and to the support system that I had established before all this took place, but I always share the story about my, my mother in particular, because I remember her being there and sharing with me right as I came out of a coma. And she said, Cody, you've been severely burned. You was hit by a box truck at a red light. You know, your recovery, it's not going to be an easy journey, but no matter what, don't lose sight of your vision. And those words stuck with me. And as a speaker and all that I do, I really am in the reminder business, just as my mother reminded me not to lose sight of what matters the most, because it was certainly tempting to, and she knew and understood that I had every right to give up and play the victim card. And there's many people in today's world. They may have every right. I certainly did. My mom, she believed that there was something greater on the other side for her son. And just as she believed in me, I believe in everyone today that has encountered trauma on some level. So it was very challenging. I had many, many emotions. One minute, I'm thankful to be alive. Other moments, moment, I'm wondering why did God allow me to live? Sure. Uh, so you're all over the place, but through it all, I've learned, learned a lot.
0: So your, you, your mom provided this reminder of don't lose sight of your vision. What, what was your reminder to yourself through this process? How did you keep yourself resilient throughout it?
1: Yeah, I would say it all goes back to why. Why do I believe I'm born? Why am I here on this earth? And as I had shared with you guys earlier, is that whenever I was a child, I knew the vision for my life. I knew I wanted to bring hope to people. And so that really stuck with me. And when going through this, naturally, my life took a turn for the worse. And I think we can preach a message all day long, but it's truly when our life is put to the test, so to speak our, our message is put to the test also. And so what speaks the loudest isn't so much what we say with our words, but what we do with our actions. And I had gotten a lot of get well cards from children that was watching my response to this tragedy. And I had to think to myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? What am I going to preach in this moment? And that really hit home and that pushed me through because I want to set an example, a positive example.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people could take that opportunity as defeat versus there's people watching. And and I know that my mission in life is to bring hope, as you're saying. And so how can I best do that even in in this time of adversity? When you're working with people on resilience, what are some of the barriers that you see come up most often of when people really at that fork in the road where it can be victim versus resilience? What are the barriers that people face in that time?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot. I would say it's uh, a big one is just forgiveness, whether it's forgiving somebody that hurt us or a result in somebody forgiving themselves. I, I think oftentimes we are all, all burned in some degree, shape or form throughout life. Maybe mm-hmm. abuse, neglect, loss of a loved one, even COVID-19. And in these burning moments, we often find ourselves scarred. And it's a matter of not allowing these scars to keep us limited throughout our everyday life. So we have to get to the root of what is limiting individuals. And a lot of that is forgiveness. People need to practice forgiveness and appreciate the small things in life and understand that even though they may not be able to change the past, the only thing they can change is what they do today. Absolutely. Makes a huge difference.
0: So, I mean, it sounds like you have a big push on mindset and mindset truly is everything. What, what we believe to be true is our reality. And so it sounds like a lot of the work that you do is about helping people to recognize what is within their circle of control and what they have influence over and really focusing on that. What is some of the tips or advice? What are, what are some of the ideas that you give to the people who you work with? Maybe even top two pieces of information that you give to them to really help them to move forward?
1: Yeah. And and so I have on my website, epiclifegameplan.com. People can go to this and they can actually download a free copy. It's a PDF of this and I share the EPIC steps, the EPIC steps and EPIC is an acronym and so the E stands for embrace challenges, understand that challenges will always present themselves at one level or another. It's just part of life. And then we have the P which is provide perspective. How can I reframe my pain? How can I look at this situation different? What are the lessons I can learn through my difficulty? And then we have the I, which is implement change, basically applying those lessons to our lives. And then we have the C, which is my favorite. And that is the celebration part. Celebrate, celebrate your story, celebrate the fact that you're here, that you're alive and out of that celebration, serve others, serve others. And when you're serving the world around you, it's very difficult to really think about yourself in those moments. And so I I think one of the greatest privileges I get to have as a speaker, podcast host, author, is that I get to share my story, share the lessons, but through it all, I'm serving others. And when I'm doing that, it's very therapeutic to myself as well.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure and that celebration piece that you mentioned there, that, that is often what I've noticed with the work with my clients often could be the hardest piece right they do all of the hard work of challenging mindset and shifting mindset and make all this progress but then it often providing the reminder of okay let's celebrate let's be aware of all of this progress that you've made in your book so tell us a little bit about that so do you talk about your story and do you provide the um your like your tips on resilience as well in there
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the book is titled Scar Release, Breaking Free of Yesterday's Troubles. For those that are interested, they can actually go to my website. They can download the first chapter for free, but it is available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle format. It's also in Spanish, go figure. But Scar Release is actually named after a surgical procedure. Now I share my story, but it's really not so much about my story. It's about helping people find themselves in the story. Uh, So Scar Release is named after a surgical procedure. That they do on those that have been severely burned. As a burn survivor, I have contracture scars. And when a contracture scar occurs over the top of a joint, it can limit the mobility of that joint. Mm -hmm. And so I always give the example with my hands, my hands had contracted to the point where I couldn't even hold onto a bottle of water. And so in order to free up my hands and those scars, as I had to go in, they had to do a scar release, a surgical contracture release is what they would, I guess, technically call it. But in that procedure, they go in, they cut the scar at its root. And whenever they do that, it frees up the scar and you can move. However, a scar release procedure doesn't remove the appearance of a scar. It allows the mobility to move with the scar. And that's really what I try to teach people is that even though scars are permanent, it's all a matter of getting to the root of the issue and breaking free of yesterday's troubles.
0: Ah, I love that. That's so powerful. Where can our viewers find you? Where can they it's social media? That's how you and I connected. Where can they find you on Instagram or Facebook?
1: Yes, Instagram, Facebook at the Cody Burns. Okay. And I'm also, they can email me on my my emails on my website, info at CodyBurns.com. I'd love to hear from you.
0: Okay, very good. Thank you so much for being here, Cody.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: And thank you all for tuning into this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. Please make sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram and also make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast so that others can find our content as well. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected.